0: Welcome to That Creative Life. Hi, my name is Sarah Dici and I am your host. I talk with artists, YouTubers, CEOs, and everyone in between. I hope this podcast helps you live your best creative life. Enjoy. Austin Evans, welcome to That Creative Life. It is such an honor to have you. It was so fun being on a recent This Is episode. Um, and I'm just really excited for this podcast because I have some stuff to uh, some tech to talk about. And you guys have been crushing over there. So I'm excited to just hear the behind the scenes of what you're doing these days. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the last time we really sort of sat down and spoke like this was one of the very early episodes of the podcast, right? It was like three or four or something.
0: You were literally the second guest behind Gary Vaynerchuk to kick off that creative life with Jonathan Morrison. So, so thank you. I, I appreciate that early support, man. (laughs)
1: of course that's funny because like the last time when we recorded that we had just gotten the studio that we're in right now so if you go back and watch that video you'll see it was completely empty in here we had tried to like put together a little bit of a setup and now i'm looking around and there's like not a spare inch in the studio free like we've completely filled it up at this point (laughs) well
0: no it's it's amazing and i can't even imagine what you know because i have obviously what it was in my mind before and i can't connect the dots looking Looking at it right now, I'm just like, where, like, what wall is that? How did you guys build that out? (laughs) Did you have the, I'm, his name's Wes, right? Did he build that out?
1: Yeah. So, what we're, what I'm in right now is that this is set. So, this is sort of toward the front of the studio. So, this all used to be white walls. So, this is all like real brick behind me, but it's like sort of like a really thin facade. Um, But yeah, we have one, two, three, for five sets that we've built in here all of which have completely different walls completely different sort of like lighting and everything it's it's a very different place compared to the last time you were here but it's nice because it gives us a lot of freedom to shoot a lot of different like it can look like we're in a bunch of different places and literally I could walk five feet from one place to the other and it's a completely different look
0: I love that and that's So important when shooting videos because when I first got my office, I was just thinking, oh, I need to optimize it for actually like sitting down and editing and working. And then I quickly realized, oh wait, I only have one okay spot to shoot and making YouTube videos gets really boring when it's just the same angle all the time. And you don't even actually design it for that. So that's why I've completely changed my entire office to like, okay, a podcast setup. Okay. Two or three angles that work. And and you guys got it figured out over there, building proper sets
1: well it makes so much sense when you look at it in the sort of amount of time you spend sort of setting cameras up tearing them down moving things around like it it sort of like so from where we're ready to start shooting right now right i had to walk over here flip three switches press a couple buttons and format uh, some media right like there was no setup right like it was like immediate and that means that you know i have 30 more minutes to then shoot something else later or whatever the case is like that really kind of adds up but it's of course it's always nice to have all the fun toys as well
0: oh of course i mean that's exactly what you're explaining is what i'm trying to master after what four years of doing this It's just so sad but has it been four um, years <laughs> i think so four years full 2016 so it's 2020 isn't that wow. crazy
1: that's mm-hmm. awesome
0: i know and i'm yeah. almost next year i'll have 10 years of youtube but four years of Ooh. it being my job how when did you start this, this thing, because I remember those OG uh, videos. little well, <laughs> baby Austin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I started making videos pretty seriously in 2009. Okay. And uh, it became my job in 2010. So I got YouTube Partner about a year wow. later. I had like 2,000 subscribers at the time. But I remember like my first check was like, Six, 700 bucks, so I was like, yeah, I got yeah, that YouTube man. money, what's up? What, so yeah. What no. grade were you in, were
0: you in college? What were you doing <laughs> oh, during God. that time? Uh,
1: I was in high school, no, so I would've been, 2009, I would've been 17,
0: Oh my gosh. No, no, so, 16.
1: 16. 16 I think I, I was. Yeah, I think I was 16 when I first started making videos.
0: So you said, okay, this is my job now. You didn't even think about college.
1: No, I was never really, I had never really figured out what I wanted to do. So in the early days before YouTube, I was much more interested in being a writer. I spent pretty much all of my teenage years writing and trying to become better. And it was something that I really enjoyed, but it was also something that I I sort of saw like the, the ceiling on it. I just, I was okay, I was never very good. And certainly it's a very competitive sort of landscape in sort of going from like, oh, I can write for fun to like, oh, I can write as a career. And for me, it was something that I enjoyed, but I, I I didn't see myself taking that next step. So when YouTube came along and I started trying out sort of making video and realized it was something that I really enjoyed and it was something that it was it was very gratifying because like when it was when I came to write, it was a very solitary process. I would write and write and write and write share it with a couple of people and that was it. Whereas with YouTube. Pretty much instantly I would make a video and within a couple hours I would be getting comments, we would be getting views. Like It was much more of a, an instant sort of gratification thing and ultimately that ended up being a, a much wiser choice. But no, I never really considered seriously going to college at all and by the time sort of, I had turned like 18 or so, YouTube had well been my job for a while then. So I was wow. just like, yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing this. It where was scary you, though. It was, yeah, where did it was you different. grow up? <laughs> So I grew up in Missouri, yeah. So I grew up in a little town called Branson, Missouri, in the southern in southern Missouri. So
0: what did your yeah, family was, think of that? <laughs> what are you doing?
1: <laughs> they didn't know. So oh, that was really? the thing.
0: I like my, Austin. Are you selling drugs? What's going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no. So the thing was, my parents didn't really know. I mean, it sounds like it was a million years ago, but this was you know 2009, 2010. My parents weren't really up on the internet, and sort of most of, especially my mom, what she knew about the internet was much more of like predators and sort of all the the, the, the the bad side of things. So I knew if I was saying I was gonna be making videos and sharing them online, my mom would freak out that I'm talking to some, you know, whatever, so. Mm-hmm. That's what Marquez uh, I, said,
0: too. Th- that was the only concern from his parents.
1: <laughs> what was, like, I remember, like, even in those early days when it was my job, I would tell people, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I make online video. people are like, online video? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's tech, it's tech. Like, people didn't know what YouTube was, you know? Right. but. I remember, so I didn't tell my parents for a year. The only reason I did tell them was because I had gotten YouTube Partner and to become a full YouTube Partner, I had to sign up for a Google AdSense account to be paid. And I wasn't 18, I couldn't sign the contract. I didn't have an ID that would sort of show. So I literally had to tell my parents because I needed my mom to essentially fill out the form and sort of take, to, I guess, I don't know if she was, I guess, technically it was going to her bank account. I don't remember exactly how it was set up, but I needed yeah. someone 18 to actually sign up for the AdSense account. Well, yeah, So I that was the reason think- I told them.
0: Yeah. I don't even think I had like a debit card when I was 16. So I can see how you would need some help with that. You know,
1: I didn't have any money to put in a bank account to begin with. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Oh my gosh. That is so funny. So when did it become, okay, I'm going to build a team. I'm going to move to California. Why California? Mm -hmm. Did you see LA as that beacon at the top of the hill? This is, this is what dreams are made of type thing.
1: No, it actually wasn't like that. I fought it for a while. So I didn't move to California until 2015. So I had been doing it for quite a while at that point. The thing is, I I fought it for a while. So I had, um, as I started to get sort of more popular, as the channel started to grow, more and more opportunities out here developed, right? And it was fine. I enjoyed coming out for VidCon and for E3 and for various like shoots and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but the thing is, I'm from Missouri, where I had a three-bedroom apartment on the lake for like 700 bucks a month, right? Oh, like it was. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So like for me, I'm like I can afford to fly to LA once a once or twice a month. Like the the airlines by itself will be no problem, but then. Toward the end, I remember it was—it uh, was like actually it was June. So I guess it would have been five years ago now. It was E3 of 2015, or I guess it was sorry, it was June 2015 generally because there's a few things in e uh, around that time. So I remember I came out to LA for E3. I remember I came out then like a week later for VidCon, and then I had a shoot, and then there was another shoot I was doing with a couple of friends of mine. So I remember within a five-week span, I was in LA five times. And this was considering that I was flying from Missouri, which meant that I didn't have direct flights, I had connections. So it was pretty much a day to travel in and a day to travel back. So I remember that was the point where like, you know what, screw it. So I booked one last flight, the, the fifth flight of that sort of uh, five-week sort of period. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not leaving until I have an apartment out here. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna pack up and come out. And so a couple months later, I drove out literally on my birthday that August and uh, drove out with all my stuff and that that was it.
0: Wow. Did you have any help before that? Or was it when LA happened, you started surrounding yourself by like-minded people? Was that when, okay, how can we expand this?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was exactly it. So uh, no, I was a complete one-man band for a long time. So I lived by myself so i had like that apartment where i had sort of like my my bedroom i had like an office and i had like my sort of main shooting space that was all i did especially for so i I had a house fire in 2014 and essentially after that i really spent a solid year year and a half just completely focused on work right it was sort of for me the channel was more popular a lot of people had found out about the channel because of the fire obviously i had a lot of friends who had kind of like helped out with you know the whole the, the and to the clarify whole this
0: this wasn't just like a little kitchen fire you're where you live just completely burnt
1: yes yes ground. so if you go and visit my old apartment building it is a slab of, of concrete. Wow. Wow. completely gone yeah. So, but it was it was it was good for me because at the time like the channel was growing, but like I had kind of hit this sort of plateau where I was doing everything myself. I was kind of it was okay, but I hadn't really broken out. Like I still was sort of in that sort of middle tier of of tech YouTube. And after the fire, it was really helpful for me to sort of get a fresh start because I I realized I wanted to go next level with it. I wanted to be able to sort of not just make it like an okay sort of job, but I wanted to actually try to grow it into something bigger. So that year and a half or so was probably the most important year and a half of my entire career because I spent every waking hour on the channel. Like I was completely dedicated. I like... I remember I would surface from my apartment every two or three days to go like Taco Bell or to grab a pizza down the street right back in and I was just working, which I know in hindsight obviously is not a great sort of mental or physical way to live. But for me, I was so just focused, and I look back on those days really fondly. I was like, man, I remember when I would wake up at nine and work until one on one video, wake up the next day and do it all over again, just upstairs, downstairs. Like, it was it was one of those things where I just, I, I was driven, like I knew there's I hunger. wanted to get bigger. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and obviously I'm nowhere near that driven these days, it's just, I don't. <laughs> well, well
0: it's, it's time and place, and yeah. I think that's, I think that's where that, uh, you know, the hustle culture narrative gets distorted is, Y'all in the beginning when you love something so much and that's the only thing you see, it's, you know, okay, it's not always fun, but that's the only thing you can think about. And it's so rewarding when you get to the other side where you can see the fruits of your labor and then you're like, oh, okay, man, how cool is I've built this for two years now. Let's figure out, hey, maybe I don't like editing for 10 hours a day as much as I used to. So let's figure out how to expand and and get people to help me. So, you know, you can sleep eight hours a night again. You know, it's always in phases.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, so once I moved out, uh, I moved to California. I surrounded myself with a bunch of great people and then sort of started to actually look into sort of getting a, an office of my own. And then it was really clear to me, cause no one, I didn't know anyone in Missouri who was remotely interested in any of this stuff. So it had always been a very solo kind of project. But when I actually got in front of people who were like-minded and doing really cool stuff, I my mind was really open to like, oh, this is what it's like to have even a small team. or This is what it's like to have a dedicated shooting space or whatever the case is. And pretty quickly from there, um, I went from just being completely solo to getting an office to working with Ken. And then obviously we started building the team from there. And it, it made a huge difference because that was sort of it, that was a necessary step to make it to, to where sort of we, we've made it to today. because obviously, if I was just still me cranking away sort of in my apartment 24/7, I wouldn't have a life and the channel wouldn't be as big and I wouldn't have been able to do the things that I've been able to do. But it's it's interesting to think about sort of in hindsight, every step was necessary to get to the point where I am because I, I can just imagine like, oh, if I hadn't worked so hard at the beginning, I wouldn't be able to hit that next level to afford this, to do this. Like it, it's sort of, it's always like, oh, you can think like, I wish I would, would have done this or that, but it's clear that there was a very straight progression of this thing happens which leads to this which opens up this opportunity and it's really nice to think about that in a in a positive context of oh i'm glad i didn't screw up i didn't make that wrong decision i'm glad that adsense account when i was you know 17 didn't get locked because someone clicked on my ads too many times like there's so many things that could have gone wrong that didn't
0: (laughs) right and in the beginning it's kind of like the those initial times as you're just trying to hit escape velocity And it's just, you're doing everything and anything. But then once you hit it, it's like, oh, okay, wait, I have somewhat arrived at a place that you can kind of look around, take a breath and you can start evaluating. How do I keep growing? But um, it is tough because it's either like you have, in a way it's like you have it or you don't. Like I I know channels that, you know, with maybe only 50,000 subscribers, but they've cultivated their audience in the right way. And they know these different creators to where it's not all about numbers. It's just really like, like you said, so many things, you're doing so many things. So you make it possible for so many things to go right. And looking back, it's probably yeah. like, how was I doing all that? How was I going to all those yeah. conferences? How was I shaking all those hands? How was I making all those videos? Cause even mm-hmm. now I'm like, I can barely, for some reason I'm like struggling to get up one video a week, you know? So I'm, <laughs> I've definitely hit another phase of, um, you know, I feel like I'm kind of where I, I I'm hoping I'm where you were right before all of the hiring and stuff. Cause I have some of it figured yeah. out now, which is great. Last time I talked yeah. to you, I feel like I was freaking out about it. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I definitely couldn't tell. I think you've done a really good job. If I can Thank you. say so, I think you've done a really good job of punching well above your weight I I always think about you as a person who consistently does things that, generally speaking, channels of your size aren't able to do. I think you're always really well-connected. I think you're always incredibly kind and personable. I think you do a good job of getting in front of the right people and sort of making sure that the opportunities that pop up, that you sort of really grasp them. So I, I will give you a lot of respect for someone who always does a great job of just taking advantage of these huge opportunities and doing a really good job of taking advantage of these sort of relationships that you've been able to build because a lot of people don't understand the human aspect of this, right? I mean, you can make videos all day long, but until you have an advertiser who's gonna say, yes, I'm ready to, to sponsor you, or until you get in that right room in front of that right executive go, you know what, this is my idea and here's why you're, you're gonna love it. I think you're one of the best people I know who've really been able to take advantage of that and really get the absolute most that you can.
0: Thank you, oh wow. Okay. You can just keep talking about me. Thank you so much. <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> no, thank you. I no, mean, <laughs> that, that, we've done that means a lot of things lot. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And punching, you know, punching above your weight, I feel like is like, uh, me to the T and that I try to always offer some sort of value. So if I can't, there's always like, oh my gosh. Okay. Till the end of time, I need to somehow like repay this person with like attention or a brand deal or an intro. I mean, that happened recently with, um, with Linus. He was just like, and let me. The caveat of that is you guys are awesome. I mean, the tech the tech community is so generous and so nice, and I think it helps um, when you when you come in and just like everyone's nice to each other. That compounds, and we all you know we all get ours, but um, there's no there's no feeling of oh well I have to have this and you can't have it. It, it really is the the rising tide you know rises all ships. I feel like. Um, but yeah recently with linus because he was so generous with like we did like a studio tour and a podcast and i was like oh man but like what am i doing for him so recently i was able to do all of those like uh, twitter ad intros and i was like okay
1: oh I feel yeah like I'm,
0: I'm kind of back i'm like maybe i'll earn <laughs> them some money
1: <laughs> no that's awesome i just think a lot of people when they're coming up in this sort of space they focus on the big flashy things. Mm -hmm. How many likes do I have? How many views do I have? Sort of like the the big picture stuff. And that's great, obviously that's important. None of us would be where we are today if we had videos that made six views, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's just not a thing. But there's also a real human element here of just, you need to be aware of your reputation, you need to be aware of sort of your standing in the community and your standing in this sort of the business aspect. That's a really important thing that I think a lot of people just assume comes with it. Like, oh, I get these views, so obviously I get the sponsorships, right? It's like, right. Well, no. did you what did you do to earn that? Did you go mm-hmm. out and go to all those meetings and go to all those conferences and sort and what, of and follow what type of all these videos,
0: leads? Yeah, and what type of videos are you making yeah. Do you even have an audience that will respond to that sort of sponsorship? Do you have an audience that's ready to actually like buy something? Are they educated enough to, to come with a, oh, like, do they want your opinions? I mean, all the time when I'm on Twitter, I feel like me, you, anyone, even Ken just recently tweeted about it, how everyone's always asking what graphics card do I need? What this, you know, it's like, it's a, a state of that. And I think some people, you know, you might have views, but if a lot of your stuff is through the light of negativity, you're not even cultivating, like forget about the fact that you're being negative and no one wants to hang out with you, that's a huge thing, but you're not, you're not even cultivating an audience that's going to respond positively to products. So why, why would a company want to work with you, you know?
1: Right, Anyways. yeah, no, that totally makes sense. It's, it's just interesting to think about, there's so many aspects to this, but you know, there's something that I think a lot about sort of obviously as we've both been doing this for a long time it's really weird at how we're in an industry that is continuously gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and obviously it seems like trends are continuing more and more people are spending more and more time online more and more ad dollars that were spent on TV go to, to YouTube and to Instagram. Like, obviously, these, this is a, a continuous trend. But to me, it's also really interesting to think about how many people are still on the platform, still doing that, even though I don't want to be sort of rude, but I, I think a lot of people would probably not have made it this far if the sort of rising tide hadn't been rising so quickly. And I think it's, it's sort of... It, it's something that kind of worries me in some ways in that it's sort of this negative connotation of like, obviously go be a YouTuber, be, YouTube, be a YouTuber. And so many kids think that. And then it's like, oh, I see, I can make better videos than X person. It's like, yeah, but the thing is that X person who you're thinking about has spent years and years developing all of this stuff. And yeah, sure, they might not have the greatest, most interesting videos in the world, but sort of they've been there and they've kind of benefited from the sort of the rising of the mm-hmm. platform over the uh, years. Well, and time. I think That's a huge factor. Yeah, yeah.
0: And
1: it's and it's easy to think that oh, I can jump in and do this. And don't get me wrong, there are absolutely people who come up every day. But it's I think it's a little bit like a lot of people look go look. I'm doing better stuff than this person. Why am I not as successful? And I think it's just not a fair comparison. And it's weird to think about you know, obviously I don't want to get into doomsday scenarios, but what happens when that sort of steady growth across all of these online platforms plateaus at some point, right? I I, I sometimes worry about the people who are trying to come up at that point. And sometimes I worry about the people who have almost kind of over leveraged themselves on their sort of platforms over years. And at this point, over a decade, what happens there? So it's just, I don't know, it's it's interesting to think about kind of the the arc of this thing, right? Cause it's clear that we've been on the up for a long time. And I don't think the the flat or the down is coming tomorrow or anything, but it's like, it's interesting to think about where we're all gonna be another 10 mm-hmm. years from now, yeah. you know?
0: Oh yeah, I think I always talk about this with some of my other YouTube friends like uh, Joe Franco. She's more of a travel YouTuber, but she's so uh, business oriented and just uh, the way she thinks I feel like is like on, a different level, and I, I'm always thinking. I'm like, man, in 10, 15 years, it's going to be so fun for some of us to, um, you know, maybe like tweet each other or um, have an online interaction. And people be like, "How, Sarah? How do you know Austin? He's the CEO of XYZ, and you're the TV person here. How do you know what?" And I think I feel like there's going to be this like Avengers vibe of all of us coming back together in like 20 years or something. And like, you know, having our obvious influence in different spheres of the world. And it's cool because I feel like everyone who's crushing it on YouTube, they do a great job of making sure not only do they have skills that can traverse any platform do whatever but they're also just building so much all the time and i mean you you look at you you could easily be who would have thought like this kid from missouri right missouri okay mm-hmm. could be like a tv personality but austin you are like amazing on camera and your energy is so good and like your delivery you know if youtube wasn't here you could you could be you know a tv show host You know, and so it's developing, of course, it's like developing these skills that aren't just one thing, but you're a writer, you're an editor, you're a TV personality. And and that's why I think people find YouTube so hard because you have to be all those things.
1: It's a very rare person who has, and I guess this sounds really sort of self-conceited, but there's a, it's a rare person who has the ability to do everything. And I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate coming up with so many people like yourself in this space and that it really is a crash course in everything. You have to learn all of these things, and it's not only just have to learn them. You have to be good at pretty much everything. You have to be great. Obviously, there's a certain level in which you're never going to be the world's greatest editor or the world's greatest host, whatever. There's a point where I do think you have to start specializing a little bit more on like what you spend your time and your energy focusing on. But generally speaking, I think it makes you a better, more well-rounded person when you come up having to learn all aspects of this thing, and especially given the time that you know it has been sort of in developing and growing and stuff I know personally for me I look back and I can see real changes in myself year over year of like oh man I can't believe I was an idiot who used to say that or think that or I didn't have the experience I mean I know we've talked about this before but I mean I've certainly made some major mistakes and majorly poor decisions at, at times sort of with not having the experience, not having the know-how of like, don't do this, say that, don't say that. Like, There's so many sort of potential pitfalls and, and landmines to run into. And I think it's really important to think about the growth and the the trajectory of like, you know what, I may not have all the answers now, but I know I wanna spend more time on my speaking presence. So I'm gonna do more podcasts and live shows or whatever the case is, or I, I need to be a better editor. I wanna learn how I can do that so that when I hit the certain point, I know how to hire an editor who's even better than me who can take it next level. But I think there's so many elements and aspects it can't be boiled down to get in front of the camera and read the script and be charismatic. It's like, cool, yeah, have fun with that. Like, okay.
0: And what I've experienced, some of the best people that have been able to delegate and build a team and build structure, I feel like are, you know, you said you were a writer before. Of course, you can do all these things, but to be able to eloquently describe what you do, how you do it is such a talent. And I think of you and Linus and, and you know, the kind of, of course you're an editor and all these things, but a writer first. It's a, it's a really great skill to have. Cause I think that's been my biggest person as, or my biggest uh, pitfall. Cause I'm just like a a quirky creative who's unorganized and blah. (laughs) And so when this is all of a sudden a business, you're like, Oh,
1: Oh my God, yeah.
0: Oh, there's a lot of so, things to think about and write about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, like the business aspect, I think, is probably one of the most interesting things, right? The skills that you hone as you become a YouTube or Instagram or whatever sort of online personality are so different than the skills you need to run a business. When you mm-hmm. have payroll, when you have 401K and health insurance, when you have HR, Look, like when you have all of these structural things, which when you're a you know a single person or maybe you have like one person with you, you're like, oh my God, look at these silly companies with mm-hmm. all these rules. It's like, oh my God, no. <laughs> if I say the wrong thing, I could be sued out of existence. Oh no, it's like, it's a very different thing. Like, oh right, taxes. I have to pay 50% mm-hmm. of my income in taxes. I it's know. Like, all What's these different up with things. That? Do you, in California,
0: (laughs) do you have a, a a business tax on top of your normal taxes? Like, sorry, let me rephrase that. Um, Like, so here, federal state city, which is obnoxious. um, And Mm. I just do a pass through LLC. So there's not like, you know, the corporate tax or whatever, but then New Mm. York has this dumb thing that's called the UBT tax. So you, so you just have like a random business tax. that's like pay us 5% on top of everything else for being able to function within our city.
1: (laughs) So I, the idea, okay. I I don't know specifically in New York, but I know that generally speaking, there are a couple of categories. I'll speak from California. I know a little bit of Missouri. Well, no, I'm I'm, curious
0: as someone who's like LA is always in the back of my head. I am curious.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, the the thing is, if you're a sole prop or if you're not like essentially a corporation, generally speaking, you have to pay a self-employment tax. Generally speaking, I'm not an attorney or a, an accountant or anything like that, so please don't quote me on any of this stuff. But the way I understand is, generally speaking, if you're sort of more of a one-man band uh, or one-person band, I suppose, you, generally speaking, have to pay... A fairly steep self-employment tax. Okay. There are advantages to that in that um, the money is all yours, right? So every all the money that comes in, like you may have like a, an EIN or something that you can use as opposed to your own social on a lot of right. forms and stuff. But generally speaking, it's all the same thing, right? So all money you take, you're paying taxes on, but then you can spend it, spend it like free and clear and whatnot. Whereas when you go up to a corporation, there's a lot of advantage because then you're not taking all that money personally; it goes into a company. It then sort of you get a lower tax break generally speaking but then that money's not yours that money is a company's and and that company becomes its own entity yeah Yeah. exactly so it it gets complicated um I mean yeah but I guess the way I always look at it California and I think New York as well are two of the most expensive places to incorporate in the United States but then I look at like my friends in Canada and or my friends in like a lot of Europe and the taxes are even higher so I'm like Mm. you know what it's fine yeah but uh yeah it's not great have, when you it's they have just, the
0: cute I, thing called free health care though
1: <laughs> yeah 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 where's that what's what's up with that, man, I, I'm like, I my use money's, that.
0: yeah my money's going to a six billion dollar nypd budget man let's you know <laughs> anyways <laughs> um but there's certain advantages right you want to be in the middle of it you want the talent you want the lifestyle i mean i'm obsessed with of course it's changed here in new york city so much with the rona but um you know there there is a different energy to things that i think people in their 20s even in their 30s can appreciate
1: yeah i mean we've talked about this many times right of the advantages of living in like la or new york or Mm -hmm. something because you're originally from texas right texas yeehaw yeah Mm -hmm. so i think it's it's interesting to think about like especially with all the things that are happening in the world right now. I think there are very much different motivations because I think generally speaking it was really clear for for me that living in a bigger city meant many many more opportunities. And while yes, I had to live in a smaller place and it was four times my rent or whatever the case was. But the, the flip side was I had the ability to grow my business, grow my personal brand, you know, get a bunch of great new friends and contacts and all this kind of stuff because I lived in a bigger place, right? That was absolutely a very clear sort of definition. But then I think about sort of as you establish yourself more, as you're able to take advantage of these things, like obviously as someone who has employees and offices and all that kind of stuff, I can't exactly go, you know what? I'm ready to move back to Austin, even though I've never lived Austin, but I've always wanted to move to Austin, right? I can't do that, right? I can't go, oh, by the way, guys, sorry, Let's you're fired. Let's go move to Austin, to Austin together,
0: guys. Let's go, Texas, come <laughs> exactly. on.
1: Exactly, right? Like you sort of set down roots, but then on the other hand, I think there's a lot of people who are somewhere in the middle where it's like, maybe you move to the bigger city, you sort of get that advantage, you sort of establish yourself, And then maybe it's time to move a little outside the city. Maybe it's time to go to somewhere that you're maybe a little bit happier living with or whatever the case is. Well, So so
0: true. Once you put in that work, build that, build your name for yourself. And it's much, it it compounds when you're in a a city like LA or New York, but then once you have that, it's like, there is more flexibility where when you're in your forties, you don't need to be going to every single conference (laughs) and shaking every single hand.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You may want your kids to have a bigger yard, right? You may want to have less of a. Commute. You may like your priorities change. And I I think it is generally really good advice for anyone who's younger. Go live in a big city, right? Like, I think that's generally speaking a very good career move for the vast majority of people, especially in our industry. But I also think there's a certain point of, unless you've really sort of planted deep roots, there's, I think, certainly an advantage of moving a little bit outside of that sort of bubble. And some of those trade offs kind of change sort of as you get older. But obviously, Everyone's different. I just think it's an interesting thing to think about sort of the evolution of these things of like, okay, I'm focusing on this. And then you know what, the next stage of my life, I think this is more important. I
0: can't wait till we're all family vloggers living in Austin, Texas. Oh my,
1: (laughs) don't, don't don't do that to me. Where are
0: the tech YouTubers now? (laughs) (laughs) We've got VH1. Yeah, that'd be so funny. Okay, so recently you started a few new projects. And super fun. I got I got to be a part of a this is video where it was uh, tech. Who wants to be a millionaire type vibe? Um, and you know it's where you guess tech. But you you guys have. Um, sorry, let me specify. Where you you guess the name of tech and they blur. The logos, they're, they're so tricky with it. And then, you know, you have to guess what year it's from. Um, and that was a super fun video for me to uh, be a part of. I'll put it in the show notes below if you guys haven't checked it out yet. But why a second channel, Austin?
1: Well, first of all, thank you very much for, for being on. So I guess this sort of speaks to... Oh, God, I feel like I'm going to get so like, deep and philosophical today. Um, <laughs> so... For a very, very long time, the main channel was all I cared about. That was all I was trying to build. And it certainly is still my main focus. It's still my main priority. It's still obviously where the money comes in for the most part is how everyone gets paid. It's sort of like that's still the cornerstone of, of the business and of my personal sort of life as far as that's concerned. But sort of. I don't. I don't want to say. This is going to sound ridiculous. I'm. Gonna, I i do not want to say it was plateauing because it's certainly not. The channel is actually growing faster now than it has pretty much ever. But there was a certain level of like, okay, you know what? I think I know what this thing looks like ten years from now. Like that was a question I didn't know about for a very long time. But I think for the main channel, it's really clear. that the formula is set. There are always going to be tweaks and evolutions. But like, I can really clearly see five and ten years from now what the Austin Evans channel looks like. Right, and I think it's going to be well, assuming that the bottom doesn't fall out or anything. I feel pretty confident it's going to be better and bigger and sort of more successful, but I don't think the fundamentals are going to change. This is was our first sort of major project as a company to move past just working on the main channel. Honestly, it wasn't very successful um, for a while, right? So we started out with the idea we were going to make informational videos about like weird trivia and facts and stuff. Like, you know, think bite-sized, four or five minute videos on like the world's fastest elevator, or what have you. And I liked those videos. The problem was, from a financial standpoint, they were wildly unprofitable. We were starting with a new channel, which obviously had a much smaller audience. Yeah, I'm sure, and we it took were a lot of research. Stuff. Oh, absolutely, right? Like, I mean, and the videos, even though they were short, we had tons of like animations and whatnot. Like, these videos would pretty much take two people working full time a week to create one four or five minute video. And when those videos got 20 or 30,000 views, as a someone who's running a business, that is burning giant piles of money, right? That was not sustainable. So we sort of played that out, but ultimately I think it was the wrong format. Now, obviously it was the wrong format, it didn't work. But like, I think in hindsight, it wasn't our strong suit and it also wasn't what really was performing well on YouTube. There are very few channels that make short videos like that that are actually interesting. And there also are several channels who already do it and do it better. So. That was sort of a point where it was a bit of like a soul searching moment of like, look, we've got these people who are pretty much dedicated to this channel. We've got sort of all this money invested and we were trying to build it out and it really wasn't going anywhere. And that's sort of a humbling thing, right? Because I think as someone who has built sort of a big channel in the past, you kind of expect, oh, of course I can make this work. I'm the expert. I'm the professional. But in reality, we all know very limited sort of things. We may have an idea of what will work, but obviously it's not guaranteed at all. So... That was a moment where it was just like, okay, you know what? This isn't working. We need to retool because obviously. There's advantages in having a second channel. it was sort of it, it wasn't it wasn't super small or anything, it just wasn't obviously where we wanted it to be. So we actually experimented with a couple of other formats. We did this thing called This Is Now, which was sort of more of a, a newsy thing, and that actually did perform better. Um, mostly because we weren't making four-minute videos anymore. We were making like 10, 12-minute videos, which obviously was much better for the algorithm. Um, but ultimately, at the beginning of this year, we properly relaunched this is. So we have this new set that we built, so it's much more of a a, a podcast talk show kind of thing so think like good mythical morning is one of our big inspirations but just something that is uh, more personal more of like a pr- true second channel to the main channel so a lot of what we talk about is tech and whatnot and one of the series that we've been working on specifically during the whole sort of pandemic has been the trivia show and that was really born out of the idea of this is a small set. I literally cannot sit with my co-host here and record because we're like two feet apart, right? So that was something we're like, oh great, we've just spent all this money, we spent all this time developing these new formats in this new set and we can't use it. So that was, the trivia show very much came from that idea of okay, we got to get really creative. Now we've rebooted this thing. We spent so much time and so much money on this is what are we going to do with it? And so ultimately the decision was made for a few different reasons to focus on the trivia show, mostly because it's really fun and the videos perform well and it feels like it's a good sort of show for this time because I really feel like people need sort of entertainment and just chill. And it's a great way to collab with, you know, really talented people such as yourself and that it's easy to say, Hey Sarah, can I borrow? Can I borrow you for thirty minutes? Can you jump on on Discord and record, you know, a, a quick little video or something? So
0: it's that's still ever evolving. Yeah, that's such a big aspect aspect to things you have to you have to keep in mind. Like how much are you asking of someone too? Because in the in the beginning of my channel in twenty fourteen, how I worked on myself as a filmmaker was just filming these, you know, like fan, super fancy docuseries where I would go into someone's studio and, you know, I'd interview them for an hour, but then I have to be with them for an entire day. Okay. Just, just do what you would normally do. Oh, wait, can you do that again? Cause I need to get that, you know, oh, I'm just a fly on a wall, but actually I'll be here for like two days. Um, And that was great in the beginning because I was getting people who were just like just creative people out in the world um, who who weren't YouTubers or like super crazy schedules. So it it made for a compelling video and it was really well done, but it took so much time out of every, you know, everyone's time. Um, And so it was so great from the beginning when, okay, I want to prove myself as a filmmaker. I want to prove myself as like an interviewer. You know, I was completely behind the camera. Um, I didn't even start on the camera in the beginning of things. And it was so great for that, that that time, right? But then like fast forward a few years later when I'm like, I wanna do something like that again. But then you actually have a proper job and there's like other things that you have to worry about and other types of videos. And then you, you're you like, well, you know what's so funny? I did basically ask you to take an entire day of your time for a collab, so I'm sorry about that. But usually, usually with collabs, it's not that intense. So like having something like the podcast, so much easier, like, hey, we're just gonna catch up, we're gonna talk about things, so w- keeping that in mind for for formats really helps, and I feel like that's a really important point that you made, that it changes as you scale, and it changes uh, you know, who you're collaborating with, um, and you have to think, it, do you have time, and does the the guest have time? When I tried to start making the fancy docu-series again, oh, that did not work out. I was making those when I was like in college, and I had nothing better to do, and I hated, homework so uh, that's the only (laughs) thing i did focus on you know anyway.
1: yeah yeah I i think it's really important to just be again it comes back to the human element of this job i think is really undervalued by a lot of people you have to really be considerate of people's time but you have to be considerate of people's motivations right i mean why are they going to be in a video with you right i mean you always have to ask that question you shouldn't just expect oh I have a lot of subscribers, of course. It's like, no, that's not really the way it is, right? Like, have you do you know this person? Are you just cold emailing them? Are you cold like you getting all your Twitter followers to go bug them or something? I mean, it's just like it's it's one of those things where when you build these relationships, it pays dividends over a very long time, right? I mean, we've known each other for years. I can think of a lot of other people who I've known for God, coming up on a decade now of actually no, it's probably even more. Ooh, okay, I'm not gonna think about that. <laughs> you, 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 know, you know people for a really long time, and it's just like it's so much easier to call on favors like, hey, can I borrow you? Can you be in this video? Mm-hmm. Or hey, can I jump on the podcast? Or whatever the case is when you have that sort of relationship yeah. first from a personal perspective as opposed totally. to just being like collab views, exactly. subscribers, yes.
0: and selfishly too. I'm like, this is the only time I feel like I can catch up with my tech buddies. I'm like, I just want to, I just want to hang out and let's make it productive. So we both have content and we'll both get eyes on stuff. But then, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to just as someone who, I mean, this is so pathetic, but I probably only have two or three really good friends outside of YouTube, but everyone else is like, you know, I consider everyone good friends, but we maybe only hang out like three times a year and half the time is virtually, but um, it's definitely like a, Yeah.
1: You're 100% correct. I I think that's actually a really interesting and important point as far as the life outside of YouTube, right? Because, I mean, I, for a really long time, pretty much had zero friends, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, work was my life. And while I told myself that that was important, and it was important, and I'm glad that I did these things, but, like, I look back on it sometimes a little bit sort of like, man, I love that time I spent but also, I have no stories from that time that are outside of work. I have, Like it was just, it was a very sort of insular period. And I think it's interesting to think about sort of as you grow and as you obviously make great friends online, but also it's like, it becomes sort of difficult to have normal friends right. in some ways, because it's like, I know for my, the people, the friends and family I have in real life, I very rarely talk to them about YouTube stuff because it's, mm-hmm. it feels like it's in such a different world. And honestly, it's a difficult thing for people to relate to when I'm talking about, yeah. oh, yeah, last <laughs> week I was in Taiwan and I did this amazing thing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I took my dog to the vet. It's just like you feel like a complete. <laughs> can, can I swear in the show? I, OK, of you feel you, like a complete. You, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. Yeah. the. You don't want to come off like that, and you certainly like don't want to be like, "Oh yes, you know." And as I'm coming down the mountain from my private villa, (laughs) blah blah blah. It's like no one wants to talk to you. Why would anyone want to be your friend? You know. (laughs) So it's like so much of this, I think, is important to keep up, sort of good friends in the online space because it's it's. I know I can tell you some stupid story that might to some other people I know sound ridiculous, and you're like, "Oh, I'm sure you will be able to relate." (laughs) So I I, I totally.
0: Yeah, it's fun, and and it's also in a way where. I know I've talked to um, some of my normal friends about maybe frustrations or, you know, something. And like what you said is sometimes it comes off, you know, I'll be like, dude, they gave me 5k to do X, y, I are you kidding me? Like I should have gotten paid so much more. And they're sitting there like, it, what? What? Like, what are you talking and I'm like well, you don't realize I had to do like ten rounds of revisions and like this was like... <laughs> so yeah it's definitely good to keep that keep yep. that balance right um, yeah for sure <laughs> and then you you also have a new podcast with Relay FM called Test Drivers how has that experience been because you've always been such a good talker I'm surprised it took this long Austin to get on the pod train come on
1: well well thank you yeah so sort of speaking about this is and everything. Part of my, especially this year, but sort of it's been percolating for a little while, is just expanding and doing more things, right? Um, obviously, I've been very fortunate that I've sort of had all my eggs in the YouTube basket for a long time. But I mean, look, let's be real, uh, someone, some, I get into some trouble or there's some copy, a bunch of copyright strikes, or whatever the case is, you're always limited if you have a, you know complete dependence on one thing like there's always some risk there of you know youtube could disappear whatever there's a million things that could happen so it has been something i had been thinking about a while, for a while and this is was kind of like the first step but this year's really been the the year that i feel like I've been making more content than ever before. So not only you know hosting a couple of This Is episodes a week in addition to all the main channel stuff, but The Test Drivers has been a really, really important outlet for me as well. I've been a fan of podcasts for a very long time, right? I have, test podcasts that I had been working on for no joke literally years right I mean there had been you know tests like oh I, I'll record this episode out that, that I didn't work or this or that like I had been wanting to do this for a long time and so last year actually it was really related to, to this is so last year when we were thinking about what that next step for this is would be initially this set was actually built as a this is podcast set so we for a little while were considering turning this into a podcast channel, right? We actually did some tests at the end of last year, with a couple of friends of like, you know, Jock Slade and Kevin Kenson, we had a few people on as sort of very much a test for that format. And so the initial idea was really to like, okay, you know what? We're just going to make video podcasts to live on this is, and we're going to try bringing in guests. But very quickly, I became like, oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare. We have to bring people in. It's just this huge, huge hassle. And so we went a different way with it. But the podcast bug had definitely really set in. I was like, you know, I really want to do something serious. So I've known uh, my co host, Mike Hurley, who is the co founder of Relay FM for, for many years. And so I had spoken with them, I remember it was last WWDC, and uh, we were just chatting about about podcasts and stuff. And he had been like super humble and super gracious about like, if you ever need anything, like I'd love to help you out and all this kind of stuff. So they're amazing, absolutely amazing. So when it came time that I really wanted to get a little bit more serious, I just, was having a conversation with mike just like picking his brain about some things and he just kind of offhandedly mentions like well you know i mean if you need any help i'd be happy to to co-host or we could put anything on relay i was like wait really and no joke within two months he had flown from london to come visit uh me here in la for a full week actually it was like a week and a half and we were deep in planning for the test drivers so mike i i i it, it, he jumped in feet first on on the project which really made me feel sort of validated in the idea that you know maybe i should actually have a podcast because it it's been something that i love listening to podcasts and. Yeah. I like to think that I talk about tech enough, but obviously you know how YouTube is a very different format. I can't spend an hour talking about a PS5 on a video, right. no one's gonna care, but right. you know, uh, it's, it's a little bit easier to do on the podcast. So that's kind of where that has sort of come from. And honestly, I've been really excited about the test drivers. It's just, it's such a different format. I've actually, I had have edited a couple of episodes of the show on the iPad, which I thought was nice. really- Nice, like, wait,
0: using what software?
1: Uh, using Ferrite. Nice, so, yeah.
0: I've heard a lot yeah, of no, it's things just, about that.
1: It's good. It's really good. But like, it's just one of those things where, especially from as a a person who's very creative, it's like, oh, you know what? This is really fun. Like I'm Mm -hmm. doing the podcast, working with an entirely new workflow, working with an amazing co-host who has recorded literally thousands of podcasts that I can kind of go to for help and sort of structure. It's yeah. been really, really fun. So yeah, I between that and then also I've been doing like Twitch streaming uh, more this year, which I had never really done before. It's been a really nice change of pace to be creative in ways I haven't been creative in a long time and and just do all these things. It really gives me sort of those flashbacks back to those yeah. early days where I was just, just cranking doing all day it, long. Right?
0: Yeah, and yeah. There's, there's a certain thing, cause I started playing Animal Crossing recently and it, it kind of gave me the vibe of like, even though I haven't seriously played video games until like the Halo days on Xbox when I was like in middle school. But doing that got me thinking like, oh my God, this is so fun. I want to share this with people. I want to do like a stream with it. Um, and there's certain things that I feel like you have to remind yourself that, hey, you're creative. You you like making things. It's not It's not always about just like, week in, week out, the same thing and doing this. And um, it is rewarding to, you know, do new things. And what have you been uh, streaming on Twitch? Do you play video games or is it like a Q&A thing?
1: So my, and this had been a thing that I had as a project on the back burner for literally like, since Twitch Plays Pokemon happened back in like 2015 or 2014, 2015, whenever it was, I wanted to play through every single Pokemon game wow. on, on Twitch. Um, I mean these games are like I mean it's what I grew up with. Classic, I, I love the Pokemon man. games. I
0: love them so much.
1: Yeah, it's like it's great. So, the initial idea that I'd always like, oh, one day I'm going to play through all of them on Twitch. And so, when the pandemic came around and I'm like, oh, guess what? I'm not going to be shooting a lot of videos now am I? It was it felt like a good time to start actually working on Twitch stuff. So, um I haven't played through all the games yet. I ended up playing through two of them so far, the first two, and then I kind of I realized it was becoming a little bit more like work and less like fun. So a lot of my Twitch streaming has just been more of just chatting and Q&A stuff, which honestly is kind of has been more fun. But I think the thing I like about sort of specifically with test drivers, as well as the the Twitch stuff I'm doing, there's less of the pressure for, for it to be super successful. And I think that that's something which is always in the back of my mind. It's like, I don't make a video on the main channel for fun. If I don't feel very confident it's gonna do well, I would never think about posting it, because that's crazy. You don't want to ruin your momentum like that, right? But with something like Twitch, if I get a few less viewers because I'm playing Pokemon today, I could care less. I'm not having to worry about Ken not being able to eat dinner tonight because I didn't make enough money on my Twitch streamer. Obviously, right? So it's like- Poor (laughs) Ken. it's yeah I do I do, do give Ken a lot of crap but yeah it's just been nice to kind of expand so like I don't know I just I've been feeling I've been feeling a good mental place lately I really have I feel like I've been super productive I feel excited to do all of these things in a way that for a little while it was just kind of like all right well let's make another video oh no it didn't work oh god okay what do I do to make the next one good now it's just like you know what this is moving this move it's sort of good, everything's yeah. flowing nicely
0: I mean, that's so good to hear because for the past three months, I mean, from the moment all of this started, it started like, okay, what's going on? I'll try to continue n- normal things. And then you start freaking out and then you start scrolling Twitter and then just like news is your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I I really like had a freakout moment and then I just let it go and I played Animal Crossing and I watched Netflix with John and I just hung out with my family and just like did absolutely nothing. Um, publicly apologized to my manager for being a slob, but, (laughs) but it was so, I felt like it was so necessary because now just this week, it feels so different because I'm coming into things with like that hunger again. And I feel like, and again, I like the pandemic, this has been terrible and I'm like, so sorry for all the people who it's affected, but, Um, So it even sounds weird saying that it was kind of like a blessing in disguise, but it allowed me to just stop and to just like chill and to have, you know, I've taken like little vacations, but even when I'm on vacation, I'm still worrying about YouTube. And this has really allowed me to just be like, turn your mind off, do whatever you want, freaking veg. And man, it's been so cool coming back. And and, and it happened specifically this week. I started like a time tracking app. Have you ever tracked your time before?
1: I have not, but uh Mike, my co-host, is obsessed yeah. with time tracking.
0: Oh, me too. I've been using so toggle is a service, but it's a terrible app. So I, I use a app called Timery on top of that. And it's been just so effective because it kind of took me out of the slump. Once you're tracking time, once you hit, oh, I'm in Sarah YouTube editing mode, I don't wanna have to stop my timer to go check Twitter, you know? Um and so yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of helped and I'm I'm kind of in a similar state of all right, let's get it. Let's reevaluate some things, but let's crush the game, guys.
1: You know, I uh, look I am always a big proponent of the idea that you gotta look for the positive in life, right? I mean, there's always bad things going on and obviously there's always things that you need to take seriously, but if there's ever any kind of silver lining, if there's any ever way for you to kind of bring something positive out of negativity, I think that's always the move, right? I mean, you've gotta be in a good headspace and you got to take advantage of the time you get off or the time that you get as a refreshing break or whatever the case is. You got to look at some kind of positivity because if you're just constantly focusing on the negative and all the the terrible things in the world that seeps in, right? Like I, I try to be very protective of what I let inside my shell, you know, and obviously the last few months there's been a lot that's been really difficult to watch and difficult to really kind of
0: Digest. think about and, yeah. yeah and specifically in the past few weeks i think too i had to literally have other people tell me like like guilt and just feeling down like that's not helping anyone mm-hmm. you know if you actually want to be yeah. out there and you want to help some of these things like just yeah. spiraling isn't isn't going to help you know
1: You Um, got to focus some positivity, some action, you have to look forward because it's so easy to be sort of paralyzed by the overwhelming fear and dread and the fact of like, oh my God, this is a tsunami of things. I am one little person. What am I supposed to do about it? But like, that's a bad headspace to be in. You can't let yourself really kind of live there because it's it's just not, it's not productive. It's not, you got to look forward. Yeah.
0: All right, in the last 10 minutes, let's uh, turn turn the corner here to some okay. very light and fun talk. Um so two things I want to talk to you about. The first one is the freaking Samsung Z Flip. What a phone. Um and it's so funny when we when we started this podcast, you know, we we're doing it via Zoom, and Austin sent me uh, a picture of how I look <laughs> on the on the Z Flip, but how handy is it? It's basically like having a built-in pop socket that you can fold your phone, you can set it up and I will say that even though it's a little wonky cause like it's not landscape view, it's vertical. Your video is so, I guess that's the benefit of using a smartphone um, camera instead of a dinky laptop camera. Your video looks so crisp. I mean, you look very crisp and it looks good with the Z Flip. So um, props to them, but what a quirky yeah, yeah. phone.
1: I, I love it. I have not, so for like, I guess some background, I haven't, day-lead a Samsung, or specifically, I haven't dailyed an Android phone in many years. I've used Android phones, I've reviewed them, I've used them as like my secondary device. But the iPhone has been like my number one for quite a quite a while now. But this Z Flip has been the first phone to really bring me over. I bought it with my own money. I you know I went to the event. I was like, you know what, sold, pre-ordered, let's go. And I knew I was gonna like it. I didn't realize I was gonna love it. Like this phone, it's definitely flawed in some ways. Like it's uh, you know. Camera is good, but not quite to the level of something like an iPhone. Um, it's like spec is a little bit old. You do have to deal with a little bit of weirdness with the fact that like it doesn't have like dual speakers. Like there's lots of like minor little compromises. But the fact is, this is a phone, which is legitimately it makes me happy to <laughs> use it right? I mean, it's I just fun. I smile. It's so I, I flip it open. Yeah. It's just, it's really, really cool. So like, it's not something that I recommend to most people. Um, but it's the right phone for me. I really appreciate it. I like the way it feels. I like the way it looks. I like the way, like there are lots of minor annoyances, but there's no deal breakers there. Everything is at mm-hmm. least good. It's like, it's, it's like B, B plus A. There's no, there's nothing that's actually yeah. a real sort of deal breaker with it. Well, so yeah, was the first I thing, love the Z Flip. Yeah.
0: When that initial, when the Galaxy Fold came out, I was like, wow, we're living in the future. This is so cool, but no way in yeah. heck would I ever use this phone. It was really cool <laughs> scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through my email with that, you know, with a ton of real estate. Um, but I was like, eh, you know, whatever. And then the Z yeah. Flip came out, and you know, I think we, at our age, we have very nostalgic feelings mm-hmm. for like the razor flip phone and all of yep. those. Man, just being able to flip a phone and now you're telling me, wow, we're like bending this the display in this way, how cool, this is the future, and it's something that, like you said, you actually enjoy using. And then, you know, have you had any, being from going from Apple to Android after a few years, um, have you missed iMessage a great deal, or have you found apps well, to substitute for it?
1: So here's the dirty little secret. Um, my old method was sort of iPhone first, Android in the back pocket, I've just flipped that. So I use Android most of the time. I still have sort of my SIM card in, or I, I have my other SIM card in the iPhone, so I have iMessage and all that stuff. I still find that there are advantages to the iPhone, specifically, like you said, with iMessage, it's nice to have that across different devices. Um, FaceTime is something I use fairly often, but honestly, one of the bigger things is I really like the iPhone for anything social networking related, right? Like Instagram is an exclusive iPhone thing for me. The nothing, nothing about it on uh, on Android or the. Z, flip is as good. I feel much more comfortable with the way that the iPhone handles photos. I like the way that they look better. Uh, there's a lot that I really prefer as far as when it comes to photos. Video, it's not even a contest. The iPhone is significantly better. So, for it's almost like the the iPhone is like for personal like for talking with like friends and family over iMessage. And for social media, like my work, everything else is through Z Flip. Which that sounds like a lot, but realistically, I'm probably using Z Flip 90% of the day. So, yeah, it's 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 good. It's just um, there's certainly. As someone who's in a fortunate position to be able to use both, there's certainly some pros and cons with, with each. But I, the Z Flip is, is been, I, it, it's going to take a lot to tear this thing away from me. 2, <laughs> realistically, yeah,
0: when I saw it, I was just like, okay, I'll wait till the next iteration. I don't, but now that I'm thinking, I'm like, what are they going to change? I don't know, maybe it can get a little bit thinner, but I don't even know. Maybe. How, yeah, I don't know. I like Um, it, it's
1: it's small. Like, I hate big phones. Like, to me, I I just, I don't want like a, 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 you probably know it better than anyone as far as dealing with stupid small pockets. It's just like, no one wants yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous, right? Like, I like the fact that the Z Flip, even though, yeah, when you fold it up, it's a little bit thick, but it's not that bad. And Mm -hmm. realistically, it's so much smaller than something like a OnePlus 8 Pro, which is an amazing phone, but it's massive. It's so big.
0: man, that, that freaking S20, S20, am I saying that? Yeah. Um, yeah. S20 ultra with that camera bump. And I'm just like, man, this is, this is, this is a great phone, but like, what the heck, how does anyone hold this? Um, and then you, you guys talk a lot about gaming on your channel and and there's a lot of new consoles coming out. So we, the, the PS5, um, uh, keynote just happened. And what, what are you most excited about that? I saw as someone who like really only, again, Xbox has always kind of been my thing because of Halo. I'm currently playing through the Halo 2 campaign on uh, PC right now. And it's just like, it's so fun. It's so nostalgic. So you, you know, you made your video on the new Xbox, Xbox was like, oh, okay. This might be the first time that I buy a console in a really long time. But then some, some games now intrigue me on the, on the PS5, and it does look very interesting, but like people are concerned, you know, the price, what's it gonna be? And so what, what are some of, your, uh, some of your thoughts on the PS5?
1: So uh, PS5 looks really cool. Um, I think Sony has done a very good job with the the presentation um, of showing off a lot of really good games. They, they have a lot to show, right? I think the thing is, so we were fortunate enough to get an early look at the Xbox Series X, so we were able to do like a full teardown of it and, and sort of everything literally right before all the COVID stuff came through, which we lucky for us on that. But there's a lot of stuff going for the Xbox. and I think it's in a good position, but the thing is you can't beat those Sony exclusives, right? You're gonna wanna play The Last of Us and Gran Turismo and Ratchet and Clank and Horizon and Spider-Man. There's so many great games that you just can't get elsewhere. And for as much as I like the Xbox, and I'll agree, like for this last generation, I definitely spent a lot more time on the Xbox One than the PS4. But the thing is, I can get a lot of the Xbox games on PC. And ultimately, the PC is always going to be the best place to play. Whereas most of the Sony games are only on PS5. So I'm just like, well, uh." so it looks good. It's big, though the PlayStation five is massive. I didn't realize until I'd seen some of the comparisons. This thing is bigger than like the fat PS three. Like it's a, it's a, it's wow. a chunky why, boy. Why
0: are these getting bigger?
1: Well, so both the series X and the PS five are pretty high powered. So, I mean, they're pretty much like gaming PCs, right? They are very sort of equivalent in a lot of specs. So with that, there's a lot of cooling. There's a lot of sort of power delivery. There's it's there's a lot that you need to do. You can't really necessarily fit it in a super thin form factor. So with the Xbox, essentially what they did is they sort of kept the rough dimensions and just made it taller, I guess, depends on your perspective, or wider, I guess. But it's pretty similar to the, like, the One X or something, they just sort of made it thicker, and so you could sort of fit, like, the the really sort of large vapor chambers and in the, the interesting way they've done the cooling. Mm-hmm. The PS5 seems like it's almost like a different sort of hybrid of, like, you can see that they've got a lot more power inside, and obviously that means there's a lot more cooling and everything, but what they've done is they've kind of kept it sort of in this flat design, which means that it's not as sort of, I guess it's it's hard to talk about the thickness and the height because it, like these <laughs> consoles go in so many different ways, but instead of being sort of more of like a square shape, it's still sort of that traditional PS4 shape. It's just mm-hmm. bigger in pretty much every yeah. dimension.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting too. It'll be interesting to see, and I think people are playing more video games than ever right now with everything going on. It's pretty crazy that I've gotten so into video games again. I never would have thought that was that would be a thing. Um, so yeah, it'll be really cool to see all of this stuff coming out. When does the PS5 come out and the Xbox, do you know? So
1: both, both are still uh, technically slated for holiday 2020, okay. which uh, I very much assume is November gotcha. based on previous years. Gotcha. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Austin, thank you for being on That Creative Life. As we wrap it up here, what are you most excited about? Do you guys have something cool coming up and where can people find you?
1: Yeah, well, so first of all, thank you very much for for having me. Um, we have always cool stuff. I don't know when the podcast is going to live. We have this goofy Samsung video um, where I bought literally every single Samsung product that they make and lived the Samsung life for a week. So wow. um, that's a ridiculous video that'll probably, hopefully by, be live by the yeah. time this is, uh, this is live. But yeah, you can find me at youtube.com slash austin evans is definitely the main nexus for all all of our content uh, but you can also check out our podcast at relay.fm slash test drivers and uh, obviously twitter instagram facebook all that kind of stuff at austin not duncan
0: awesome amazing austin thank you so much for being on everyone who's listening thank you uh, make sure you subscribe that creative life on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen um new episodes every single monday Until next Monday, thank you for listening. What's up, guys? Okay, next caller. Hello? Hello? Who's this? (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Hi, it's Nathan from um, Southern California. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So so nice to have you. Do you have a question for me? Yeah, I do. So... I have a YouTube channel. It's like really small, around 36 subscribers, and I'm trying to grow it. So I'm trying to start a uh an upload schedule where I post during the weekday, like one video during the week
2: and then mm-hmm. one on the weekend. And I'm wondering, like, when you were starting out, how
0: did you find ways to do like self-motivation? Mm-hmm. Because it's, just to me working on my videos. Mm-hmm. So what type of, what type of videos? I am passionate about a lot of things, so I'll probably change this about my channel, but I don't like to limit myself. I do like tech, cooking, and like photography videos. Um, yeah. So I guess just finding the motivation to keep putting stuff out, getting on a consistent schedule, basically that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think for me... In the beginning, it really helped to get on a schedule, but not don't feel like you have to do like you know the same exact video every week. And I would even say if you're stressed out, um, just or even overwhelmed in the slightest, to just start out with one video a week. Um, see how that goes and and how that's fitting into your normal life. And you can always add on top. And don't put the pressure of people. Always are like okay, I'm gonna post every Wednesday at 8 p.m., hold me to it, and I've probably never been more stressed in my life when I had an actual schedule, and I never, never met it. So you got to have, I guess, some self-awareness of like, are you a prompt person? Can you actually do that? It's great if you can do that. I mean, David Dobrik was really, I think people Uh really fell in love with this stuff. Um, Not just because of his videos, but they knew what to expect. He had a three times a week schedule, right? Um, But a lot of times, especially in the beginning, do not feel like you have to stick to that. Maybe you set a personal goal, goal. Start with one a week. Find the motivation for that. Figure out what gets you stoked, what gets you, you know picking up the camera, um, and then you okay. can always add more. I mean, two videos a week, that's, I feel like that's already pretty ambitious in itself. Depends what types of videos you're making, I guess. So would you say that now that YouTube is like your main source of money for you, would you say that that has helped you self-motivate? Um, I mean, that's a great question because honestly, just to be honest, I am less motivated now than when I was... When I was stuck in college and I hated my life and I wasn't making a cent off of YouTube, but it was my way out. Yeah, oh, hands down. I mean, it's great that now YouTube makes me money and I can make a full time living off of it. And I'm more focused it's the type of people like I am a person who loves to build. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I've been doing YouTube for full time for four years, it's almost like, okay, Mm -hmm. what's, what's next? Like, that's the reason why I've been putting so much of my attention on my podcast, that creative life and figuring out how to grow that, how to make money from that. And I have barely made Mm -hmm. any money off of that. And I'm more focused on that than I really even am on my YouTube channel. And then more focused on a company that hasn't even like launched anything publicly. So, My motivation has always been with things that aren't even making money. So I I think that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: to know if it's something that you actually really enjoy and you're going to be able to do for the long haul, it's like you got to have the motivation, even when no one is encouraging you to do it. A lot of times when people are saying don't do it. I mean, in college, people are like, hey, you should probably stop focusing on this and like, focus on your education, you know. Um, but despite yeah. that, despite not making money f- from it, it was still something that I had a mm-hmm. blast doing. So, um, so yeah, I think that that'll help kind of get you to a point where it's like okay well what actually makes me super stoked and um you know and if that motivation isn't isn't here now then maybe it's something else oh uh, thank you so much that of course my yeah i hope that helped thanks for calling in okay awesome how long have i been doing this here 46 minutes let's go through some comments real quick i'm on the call oh someone mentioned dave 2d is dave here um what's up what's up guys great combo this is so interesting um awesome awesome next question
2: hi uh all right i'm quite surprised i actually uh, <laughs> got in on the queue early enough Heck the yeah flies, i
0: guess yeah what's your uh, name
2: uh i'm dennis uh from new york city awesome
0: oh represent yes. yeah so we're in the same yes, city right now
2: but my question is actually, uh, not about New York City. It's more about getting out. Uh, for you, I know this is something you mention often in your, uh, channel, on your channel and in your videos is coming to New York was a great opportunity for you, for your channel, for your growth and for your future at that time. Uh, especially your move to, I believe it was Tennessee in order to try to pursue the music side of mm-hmm. the industry. But so for me, as a 19 year old who, goes to college, you know, in the city and just around here, uh, I actually have like this want and desire to get out, actually. Like I Hmm. really have been looking into Texas and uh, so I'm in college. Yeah, I'm going to have my uh, bachelor's in uh, 2020 or 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, uh, my ma- for my master's, I want to go to law school. And mm. I don't want to stay in the city. And it's, like, really strange because most for most people who you ever talk to, and they're like, oh, I want to be in the city, <laughs> opportunities, <laughs> Well, it's fun definitely, is. It's I'm definitely like, oh my different God, if you're, I'm so tired are you, yeah, are you this.
0: born and raised here? Mm, yeah. 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 So I understand. I mean, if this is what you grow up around, I'm sure if you travel anywhere else, you're like, what is all this space what is this?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even New Jersey, like yeah. that's like 45 minutes away, right? Mm-hmm. Just going to New Jersey, and you're like, oh my God, people have houses and backyards <laughs> and driveways
0: and pools. And no, I'm sure this. Barbecue? Yeah. I'm sure oh this pandemic like is making of you think twice. the country doesn't understand us right now. Yeah. Oh, because we're all in our tiny apartments.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like, you know, Corona only. I don't. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. But no, I you're. I forgot, you're but, fine.
0: You're. You're allowed. Oh. <laughs> I'm not monetizing this.
2: <laughs> so uh, I feel like that's only like even you. You escaped, but you have the mm-hmm. chance, right? But you know, right. that has like really, I mean, made it really clear that oh, you better have like a backup plan, right? Things can get ugly really quickly, <laughs> and you're in a really small apartment. Like <laughs> that's that's like that's your like your demise right there Mm -hmm, but uh for me personally like uh to pursue you know to become an attorney uh i just need to live by a city and i don't need to live in the city Mm -hmm. uh both as as part of the trade and also for the schooling portion of it so i've really been looking into texas and I just wanted to get your opinion as someone who's native to Texas, mm-hmm. uh, leaving a big city and moving to a city like Houston or Dallas or Austin, although everything I read online about Austin is like I-35 hate. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> well, but
0: I like mean, when, yes. Tra- traffic is, no matter where you go in Texas, mm-hmm. Dallas, Houston, Austin, um, traffic is literally terrible. And what's unique you know, in in New York, of course the traffic is terrible here. But you always have the I option feel like
2: everyone says that though.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you always have the option to hop on the subway. Me, hop on a mm-hmm. bike, hop on a booster board. Um so mm-hmm. for me it was such a relief to have options. Um in Texas, mm-hmm. it's nowhere close to LA. I mean LA is just terrible where you're sitting in a car for two hours to do one meeting so it's i would say it's definitely not as bad as la but it's still um the the traffic is still awful so you do have to consider how far outside the city you're living um in terms of like the coolness factor coming from new york you have to have that moment of self-reflection of like, what type of human are you? Do you like a faster scene? Do you um, feed off of people's energy? Uh, and if, if you want basically a in-between city, suburban life, um, I would definitely say Austin would be the coolest place to be. Um, traffic is worse than Dallas there, um, but you have a lot of culture there that, is just like fun to be around. Uh, Dallas is diverse. It's much more diverse than most of Texas. Um, but everyone like Dallas is made up by the suburbs. Like everyone is in their own suburb doing their own thing. Um, very rarely, like, of course, Fort Worth is fun. Dallas can be fun. Um, but it's, man, I don't want to like crap on cause I'm, I'm from Dallas and, I, it was a great place oh, to grow really? up. I,
2: didn't know that. Yeah, I yeah, did.
0: Yeah, that yeah, yeah.
2: We're from Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. um,
0: it's. I would basically say I'll give you a order. It would be Austin, and then it would be Dallas, and then it would mm-hmm. be like any other city, and then like Houston. <laughs> um,
2: really, that's yeah. really interesting. Why?
0: But that's my opinion. I've only been to Houston a few times, and it's just okay. it. <sighs> Man, I feel like I'm going to be ripped up uh, in the comments for people who are from Houston. I don't want to offend them. Um, But it's just – well, okay. Oh, my God. I'm going to say it. People call Houston the armpit of Texas. And it's kind of just like – the, the, the what
2: of
0: The armpit of Texas. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. So <laughs> it's like the, the Florida equivalent of America?
0: There you go. Yeah, there you go. Because, um, you know, it's like it has its quirks, it, it, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's like there's nothing super special about it. So if you want to mm-hmm. keep the quirkiness, because I imagine you do like some aspects of New York where there's a good bar, restaurant, people scene. Um, oh, yeah. You yeah, know. Definitely. And even though Texas can be like super one thing, um, I did grow up or, around a fairly diverse crowd. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, that's what I love about New York is it's like you get to see everything. Um, so it's not. Oh yeah, it's oh, not yeah. exactly that. But I would say definitely Austin and Dallas are up there. And then if you're creative and you like like the creative art scene, I mean, just the fact that Austin has South by Southwest every year is something to consider as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to like suburb life because, again, you get all the space, especially after Rona. It's like a new thing. People in cities are like, oh, my gosh. But but having that for the first 20 years of my life, I definitely still feel like I got some city time in me.
2: Because right now I'm 20. So, I yeah. have the complete opposite where years of my life have been in the city. Have yeah, been, man. oh, I don't really need a car. I can just go outside and like play. And like the park is literally two minutes away. And like, oh, yeah. I have so many neighbors. <laughs> and in college, like, oh, I have friends that are like kind of close, but yeah. also like not clothes, but like I can commute there, and mm-hmm. be there faster than a car would get there. Yeah, and also like oh, uh, I went to school in Long Island City, and you know, so it's just the, like <laughs> I really like New York for what it is. Yeah. But the more I live here, the more I realize that like I'm still young, obviously. Yeah, you. It's it's siblings. so worth
0: it to to yeah. You feel? I mean, I feel that New York ages you, man. <laughs> um, so I yeah. it's so worth it. I think to see you know how literally probably eighty percent of America lives. <laughs> Especially when you, yeah, you're born like, and raised, you know, in New York or California, mm-hmm. you think that, oh, everyone's like this, right? Um, but oh it's yeah. it's definitely um the the norm is not paying two thousand, three thousand dollars a month for your apartment.
2: <laughs> the norm also isn't paying like a million dollars plus in a suburb of Queens for a house that yeah. is like a sixth of the size How of dumb is that? Half exactly. Of that.
0: That's why
2: in the suburbs of LA. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. suburbs of Manhattan. Like people (laughs) not from New York, but like with geography there's five boroughs, all boroughs except Manhattan are pretty much suburbs. Except like parts of Brooklyn obviously. But like paying for upwards of a million dollars for a house that's oh, it's literally insane. a fifth of the size of something yeah. in California, the suburb of LA. It's like, wait, I can just move to LA and like still yeah. live in a city except like enjoy better real estate. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's not just real estate in my opinion, it's like just looking at my parents and the way I was brought up, although I am young, obviously, mm-hmm. I don't see myself wanting to have a family in mm-hmm. New York.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's something that. What's your
2: opinion on that? Would you like dip out of New York Mm -hmm. eventually when you do have kids?
0: Yeah, I mean that's something that I think about literally all the time. Especially being a woman, you literally have to plan your entire life around that. Um, So it's almost like the feeling of I want to go full out, like full on, as much as possible, be in the craziest city possible with the most opportunity during this time in my life in my 20s. -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, it's like on one side, oh, how cool would that be to grow up in this like center of culture and where a lot of cool things are happening and you can go to like, you know, these fancy museums on field trips. Um, But then on the other hand, I don't want my kid to like get run over by a car and (laughs) Mm -hmm. like have Mm -hmm. some green grass to play in. So who knows? It's something that, yeah, I think about a lot, and that's why it's like you. I either have to make so much money in the next ten years that I can have a backyard in New York, um, or we just yeah. gotta we just gotta go hang out in California or Texas, you know.
2: <laughs> make enough money to like afford retirement. <laughs> a, a
0: normal like after forty year exactly. old. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Else. That's it's like where. <laughs>
2: Stop yeah. uploading to YouTube, disappear, <laughs> Delete your Instagram, and enjoy retirement. Exactly. I
0: mean, that's where my mind is right now. Of Like, I need to make all of my money in the next 10 years so I can just, like... Mm-hmm live a normal life Joy. yeah, with with children. Yeah. So um, but yeah, like having this conversation, I'm sure a lot of people in the comments are like, Oh, that's insane. What are you even doing? <laughs> um, but there's yeah. a certain <laughs> attraction to like a city that provides a ton of opportunity. And I love building So, mm-hmm. So who knows? And I wish you good luck on your Texas journey. I think that'll be exciting.
2: Thank you. Hey, thank you so much. I was really surprised to be able to talk to you. Yes. Um, I like I got in at like the five minute mark and I did not expect I thought oh there has to be like 60 people ahead of me it was, like,
0: well you people. got it well it now only, like,
2: six people yeah. Now, guest, right? now
0: now people know <laughs> that you got to you got to be here. You got to have your notifications turned on. Be here yeah, in the first five real, minutes. You're
2: not an A.I. robot. Like, <laughs> I am real. Said, I mean, what is it? When you me robot, but you're not a robot. You're a real person. Like I'm having a conversation with exactly. you. Exactly.
0: Exactly. No. And yeah, that's why this is so fun. So thanks for chatting. Thank you. Bye.